Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone welcome to guardians weekly jim rosenhouse along with you from progressive field in downtown cleveland where we finally are into our hot stove editions of guardians weekly with the postseason officially complete the texas rangers congratulations to them on winning their first world series in franchise history a five-game world series victory over the arizona diamondbacks as uh, they dropped the second game of the series, but that was it. And they ended up winning all of their road games in the postseason. So an unusual postseason, but certainly a remarkable one from that standpoint for the Texas Rangers. 63 years that franchise has been in existence. If you take it back to their early years in Washington, D.C., before they moved to Arlington, and they win the World Series for the first time here in 20. 23. Coming up on our show this week, we will visit with Tom Candiotti, who joined us on the radio broadcast late in the season for a West Coast road trip. His main job is a, a radio broadcaster for the Arizona Diamondbacks, so we'll check in with him about the World Series this year and kind of put a cap on play on the field for our show this year as we head into our off-season shows. Also later on in the program, another look back at some of the great games of 2023, and we'll focus on rookie pitchers. And didn't the three rookie pitchers in the rotation for much of the season for the Guardians save the season, really, in terms of keeping them relevant until the end of the year as Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, and Gavin Williams were all terrific in their rookie seasons and we'll have uh, a couple of game highlights from those pitchers and uh, take a look back at their seasons and what they meant to this ball club. So that's coming up in just a little bit. But first, some news and notes. It is awards season. The Gold Glove Awards will be announced on Sunday night if you're tuned into this on Saturday. But along those lines, the Fielding Bible Awards have been announced, and two Cleveland Guardians, kind of as expected, won Fielding Bible Awards for Fielding Excellence at their respective positions. Left fielder Stephen Kwan, just tremendous for a second straight season in left field. It's his second Fielding Bible Award one year after taking home the award via a unanimous vote in 2022. He led all left fielders with 16 defensive runs saved, and they, they have this nice stat called Good Fielding Plays, and he made 24 of those. I'm not exactly sure what the criteria is, but if you're a fan of the Guardians and you enjoy watching Stephen Kwan, you probably know what they're talking about as he made a lot of really outstanding plays 
out there in left field. So congratulations to Stephen Kwan for that. Also winning a Fielding Bible Award, Andre Jimenez at second base, the fourth different second baseman to win that award in the last four seasons. Somehow he won a gold glove last year but did not win the Fielding Bible Award. That was corrected this year as he led all second basemen with 23 defensive runs saved and uh, had at least 10 plays saved above average on balls hit to both his left and the right. And uh, he was a really good example, I thought, of the rule changes outlawing the shifts and bringing back some of the athleticism to infield play, especially at short and really more so at second base. And certainly for uh, Andre Jimenez, a great season in the field as, again, he is uh, one of the best second basemen in all of baseball, and that's proven out with a Fielding Bible Award this season. Also part of awards season, the Ford Frick Award, presented annually for excellence in baseball broadcasting by the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown, New York. Ten finalists, including Tom Hamilton, our good friend, and, of course, the voice of the Guardians and, prior to that, Indians, for a long, long time. And uh, Hammy's on the ballot again, second straight season. And uh, the other finalists include Joe Buck, longtime voice of the World Series on the national television. Joe Castiglione, who got his start here in Cleveland and has gone on to a fine career as the voice of the Boston Red Sox. Television voice of the New York Mets, Gary Cohen. Jacques Doucette, former voice of the Montreal Expos. Ernie Johnson, who called Atlanta Braves games for many, many seasons. Ken Korak, longtime voice of the Oakland Athletics. Mike Kruko, part of that San Francisco Giants broadcast team, along with Dwayne Kuyper. They're both on the ballot. And Dan Shulman, who's uh, the television voice for the Toronto Blue Jays and has done numerous events for ESPN, including postseason baseball, he is on the ballot as well. And the award winner will be announced at baseball's winter meetings in Nashville, Tennessee on December the 6th. So good luck, Hammy. He's on the ballot again, and, and we'll see if this year is the year that all of us here in Cleveland have known he's he's one of the best in the business, and we'll see if uh, Cooperstown feels the same way as well this time around as he's on the ballot again. Well, stay with us. We'll visit with another broadcaster, Tom Candiotti, the knuckleballer, former Cleveland Indian pitcher and uh, now part of the radio broadcast team for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll put a wrap on the World Series with uh, Candyman when we come back after this on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Baseball, basketball, pickleball. Those are sports, and people love sports. If you love sports, you should know this. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Does saving have anything to do with sports? No, the people love sports, so I'm yelling sports out. Hockey, swimming, golf. Not all sports have the word ball in there. So save big when you switch to Progressive. Go sports teams! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Two balls, two strikes. Spores, kicks, and fires. He struck him out looking! It's over! It's over! The Rangers have won the World Series! Ranger fans, you're not dreaming! The Rangers are the World Series champions! After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise! The wait is over! And the celebration has begun! 
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly, and it is officially now hot stove season as the World Series is complete. Texas winning it in five games over the Arizona Diamondbacks, and with a recap of the series, good friend of ours, certainly, and a broadcast partner of ours on uh, late season road swings, Tom Candiotti, the candy man who uh, full-time is with the Arizona Diamondbacks and was part of their run through the postseason and all the way through the World Series. And uh, Candy, I know it's never easy when you come up on the short side, regardless of how deep your team goes, but what a run for the Diamondbacks and, and how enjoyable and exciting was it for you to be a part of that and, and really enjoy it with the fans? Oh, Rosie, it was crazy. You know, we talked during the, the regular season and, and uh, you know, about our teams and, and about the Guardians and about the, the D-backs. And, you know, we at that time I was saying, you know, I you know they're an up-and-coming team. You know, I mean, they got some young kids that play, they run, they, you know, they play all nine innings. You know, they go after it. And I didn't think that they would even get into the postseason. I thought they would come up just a little bit short. And uh, once they got in, um, you know, then you have to go to Milwaukee and you have to face Corbett Burns and, and you know, their pitchers. And you didn't, really didn't think that was going to work out. And you end up beating the, the Brewers like two straight, boom. And then we go, all right, we go to the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, you know, hey, they won 100 games. And, and uh, you know, they killed everybody in our division and didn't think you'd beat them. And you beat them three, two at their place. And then, you know, the Phillies, I thought there's no way we were going to beat the Phillies. And uh, especially going into Philadelphia and needing to win two games at the very end and, um, and doing it. And uh, so at that point, and I actually thought that, you know, I think we got a chance to beat the Rangers right now. You know, I did, you know, how you do the numbers and everything. And then, of course, that's when the Rangers beat you. <laughs> and, and you look at underdog status and it's always a, a fickle thing. And, and you figure maybe one series that comes into play and works, but, Boy, you just mentioned the opponents that the Diamondbacks faced. And my goodness, uh, you talk about underdogs the whole way through, but uh, I don't know that they had to play perfect baseball, but it, it seemed like they almost did to get as far as they did. Yeah, it was really crazy. When you look at the, you know, how this team is kind of made up, you know, you basically just had two starters. And you had one young kid in Brandon Fott, who was, I think he was three and nine during the course of the regular season. And, you know, but all of a sudden, like he graduated from just being ordinary and all of a sudden he started pitching great. He started pitching like he deserved to be there. And that was a big boost for us. But, you know, I've never seen ever in my life, I don't think, where I've seen a team start an opener in the World Series, you know, in game four, you know, at the minimum. And, um, and we did and we paid for it, you know, as, as the Rangers just shellacked us with like 10 runs in the first three innings. But, you know, it was really great experience for a lot of these young players because they, you know, this is their first taste of this stuff. And, uh, you know, there are a bunch of 23-year-olds that probably didn't know any better when it came to pressure. And, uh, you know, they, they played loose really the whole time and uh, it just came up short at the very end. Tom Candiotti joining us, former Cleveland Indian, the knuckleballer who uh, is a uh, – occasional play-by-play and and color commentator on our radio broadcasts and uh, working for the Arizona Diamondbacks throughout the postseason. And uh, you mentioned uh, the looseness they played with. Uh, uh, One of the few links that that Cleveland has with with Arizona is Torrey Lovello, who managed for a while and 
Cleveland's minor league system, uh, played in their minor league system for a little bit. Uh, how did he come into play in terms of keeping that team loose and, and enjoying the moment and not overcome by the moment? Yeah, I mean, Tori is such a uh, – I mean, he, he's such a player's manager. You know, he's got a lot of the characteristics that Tito had. You know, with um, you know, he just is, players love him and they play for him. And uh, you know, he's uh, you know, he treats like almost each one of those those players almost like he's he's like you know like they're his kids. And uh, and so he's got a great rapport with them all. And um, and I think when you have to do that with a lot of young kids, you know, they they just they buy into everything. And um, you know, Tori gets emotional with them whether they win, whether they lose. You know, he's he's yelling like crazy, you know, opening the champagne bottles when they win. And he's sitting there, you know, you know, crying when he lose, when they lose, you know, so he kind of really related a lot with those, uh, with those young guys and, uh, and they played for him. There's no doubt about that. The city, uh, they've won a world series in the past for, for a young, still, a, I think you could consider it an expansion team. Uh, they have a world series under their belt. What was the city like with the World Series back in town this week? Well, it was crazy. I'd never seen anything like this. I, was, I wasn't yet part of the Diamondback organization when they won in 2001. I was working for ESPN at that time. And so I was kind of an outsider looking in. And, um, but being in the city, you know, it was just nuts back then. And, of course, that was an emotional World Series with 9-11 and um, all that other kind of stuff. So that was um, that was one thing, and then this year, um, being part of it, it was amazing how like this place just was so different. He's kind of a fair weather fan base, kind of made up of a lot of people that have come from other places, and um, but this year, like all three home games were just sold out. The home game we had against the Dodgers just sold out, but not just being sold out, but they were raucous. I mean, they were really into it and really unfortunate that, uh, you know, they didn't win any of those three World Series games at home because, you know, that would have, uh, you know, that would have just been just absolutely nuts. But uh, they were there for the team. And uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes going forward. But, you know, I think it'll be great because it is a young nucleus. And um, I think that. now that they got a taste of not just the postseason, but all the way to the World Series, you know, I think they get, you know, really energized, you know, a lot like, you know, the Indians or the, yeah, it was the Indians at that time, you know, back in, in 97 and, and, um, you know, how they got so close to winning the World Series. And, and, um, you know, we all, they still think the Marlins were the luckiest team in the world, but, um, but look how, you know, it just really, you know, fired up that city and everything. Tom Candiani joining us, former Cleveland Indians pitcher and now Arizona Diamondbacks broadcaster, just finishing up broadcasting the World Series. Uh, Candy, I got to ask you, coming back from Texas, first two games, a heartbreaker in game one for Arizona and then a a resounding victory in game two. uh, Did you think it was going to go the other way on the way home? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we felt that we should have been 2-0 leaving Texas. You know, unfortunately, you know, your clone gives up a, you know, a home run and, and stuff, and he got hurt. And then on top of that, with the momentum after winning game two, you came back, and in game three, you know, arguably they're 
probably their second best player and Adolis Garcia got hurt and he's out. Scherzer got hurt and he's out. And you're saying, wow, boy, the baseball gods are on our, they're, they're looking down on us right now. And, um, but you know, that team banded together and they played outstanding baseball and they outpitched us and they out hit us and they outfielded us. I mean, they really played great. And, um, and, and so, and they took it to us. I mean, they deserved every bit of that uh, world series victory because they really outplayed the D backs. So the important and insider information that maybe only you can provide based on how late you stayed on Wednesday night, did Texas ever get into the pool out there in right center field and celebrate? No, I never saw them. <laughs> and I was there, you know, after the game, um, and, and then, of course, we were doing our, I don't know, probably a half hour or so wrap-up show, or maybe even longer than that. And, uh, you know, there's so much stuff that goes on. They're, they got, uh, you know, they got they got stages out there. There's presentations. There's all that. So, at least by the time I left, nobody was in the pool afterwards. I don't know. Maybe so. I have no idea. I haven't seen anything on social media yet, but I haven't looked either. I think I slept till 11 o'clock today. <laughs> <laughs> and you will continue sleeping just based on on how it felt here after 2016 when that series won seven games. Uh, woo! It uh, it catches up with you after a while, and then you yeah. certainly use November to catch up on some things, and not the least of which is sleep. Candy, always great to, to catch up with you, and it uh, was great to see you this year. And uh, I'm glad to be able to hear you uh, during the World Series and, and playoff games prior to that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do it again next year. That was way too much fun not to make that happen again. <laughs> we'll see you in spring training, my friend. All right, Rosie, thanks. That's Tom Candiotti, radio voice for the Arizona Diamondbacks and uh, sometimes joining us on our broadcast here with the Cleveland Guardians. Stay tuned. More to come as Guardians Weekly continues after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And as always in our off-season shows, we take a look back at some of the great games of the prior season. And in 2023, many great games involving three rookie pitchers, Gavin Williams, Logan Allen, and Tanner Bybee, all making their major league debuts and then being a major part of the starting rotation due to injuries and as a result, they had the opportunity and took advantage of it to put together outstanding campaigns. Williams finished 3-5 and five with an earned run average of 3.29, just 24 years of age and a bright future ahead for the former number one draft pick of the Guardians. Also, outstanding season for Tanner Bybee, who finished 10-4 and four with an earned run average of 2.98 and will receive consideration, heavy consideration, you would think, for American League Rookie of the Year honors. Also, Logan Allen, just tremendous, 7-8 and eight in his first season, an earned run average of 3.81. And we'll take a look back at, at two games here, one involving Allen, one involving Bybee. And for Logan Allen, start number seven on the season came 
On a Monday afternoon, May the 29th, the Guardians in Baltimore to take on the Orioles on Memorial Day. Cleveland coming in at 23-29. and 29. The Orioles, on their way to a 100-win season, were 34-19 and 19 at that point. Allen was 2-1 and one to start his major league career, and he started the day with a leadoff walk to the speedy Cedric Mullins in the bottom half of the first inning, so an inauspicious beginning, but he immediately got a pick-me-up from his catcher, Cam Gallagher. Mullins aboard. Here's Austin Hayes. Runner goes. Pitch taken. Throw to second. Got him! Tag made by Jimenez. Great throw by Cam Gallagher. 2-4 on the caught stealing, and Gallagher throwing out 16% of the runners made an absolutely perfect throw to Jimenez, and the head first sliding Mullins was tagged out. Well, you can't believe, folks, how big a deal that is because stolen bases have been killing Cleveland this year. And after that, Allen was locked in. Right now, folks, Logan Allen is in rhythm, and when he gets in rhythm, he'll fly through this game. The 0-2, swing and a miss. He chased away, and right now, Logan Allen can't get the ball back fast enough. He has struck out four out of the last five Orioles. Allen with the 1-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. Allen strikes out his seventh and it came at a great time. But Baltimore's Tyler Wells, he was sharp as well, shutting down the Guardians through the first four innings. But in the fifth, Will Brennan got things started with a double, moved up to third on a balk, and then Gallagher drove in the game's first run. Here's the pitch, and it's swung on and driven to center. This is plenty deep enough. Under it is Mullins. He makes the catch. Tagging, heading for home is Brennan. He will score standing up, and the Guardians are on the board. one nothing. Meanwhile, Allen continued to make quick work of the powerhouse Baltimore lineup. Now the one-two. Swing and a miss, strike three. Allen continues to roll. He sets him down in order in the fifth, and we'll head to the sixth. Cleveland one, Baltimore nothing. So two-down runner at first. Arias grounding it to short on one knee. Rosario fields it and flings it over to second for the inning-ending force. And Logan Allen continues to minimize the number of pitches that he has had to make here again today. And it is a 1-0 Cleveland lead. And in the seventh, the Guardians were looking to add to their lead. Back-to-back one-out singles by Miles Straw and Will Brennan. And Gallagher's busy night continued. Gallagher, ground ball base hit through the hole into right field. Hitting third is Straw coming home. Here's McKenna's throw to the plate. Head first slide, safe at the plate. And the Guardians take a 2-0 lead. Back to back to back base hits. And Gallagher has both RBIs with that RBI single to right. Straw scoring from second. Brennan stops at second. And Cleveland now with a 2-0 lead. Then it was back to the top of the order for Stephen Kwan. Now the 0-1 swung on a chopper up the middle into center field, a base hit. That'll score Brennan from second. On his way to third, Gallagher into second with a hustle double is Kwan. Mullins, the center fielder on that chopper back up the middle into center, slipped and fell as he was getting to that ball and Kwan turned that into a hustle RBI double. 3-0 Cleveland. They do it on four straight hits. And then Cleveland continued to pile it on with Ahmed Rosario at the plate. 
The pitch swung and grounded to second. Backhanded by Frazier. Comes home with the throw and it gets away from McCann. Into scores. Gallagher. Here comes Quan. He'll score before McCann goes back to get the ball. That squirted behind him. And into second is Rosario. And the Guardians are making everything count. It's a four run inning and a five nothing lead. And for Allen, it was back to the mound for one more shutdown inning. When Allen does such a great job is moving the ball in and out, up and down. And he only throws 92 miles an hour, but the hitter never knows where he is throwing it. That pitch, strike three called. He had just worked the last pitch in. This pitch was middle away. McCann's out looking. That's a new career high. Nine strikeouts for Logan Allen. And this incredible development team that Cleveland has in regards to developing Major League pitching has got to feel awfully good again. Now the lefties, one, two. Swing and a miss. Got him with a fastball. Ten strikeouts for Logan Allen. And that'll wrap up his day, his best in the bigs. Seven shutout innings of three-hit baseball and ten strikeouts. Guardians five, Orioles nothing. Trevor Steffen came on to finish the job in the ninth. Birds down to their last strike, down five in the ninth. The 0-2 delivery. Swung on, grounded to first, handled by Naylor. He'll go to the bag himself. Ball game. And the Guardians get another shutout. And blank the Orioles five to nothing here on Memorial Day as Cleveland pitches its fifth shutout of the year. So what a great day for Allen, one of many in a tremendous rookie season. We fast forward to September, and we had a chance to visit with Allen at the end of his season as he reflected on his first campaign in the major leagues. Logan, uh, for you, uh, here it is September, and, and you're surpassing some innings limits, but it seems like your stuff is, is still holding up well, and do you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in a good place physically. Uh, my stuff feels good, and uh, I'm ready to take the ball every fifth day, so I'm feeling good. Anything surprise you as you get deeper into your first major league season? Uh, no, I think it's just getting getting more comfortable getting to all these new stadiums, feeling more comfortable around all these guys, and just you know feel, feeling just like I fit in a lot more than than probably in the, my you know earlier times up here. Logan Allen joining us, Guardian starting pitcher, one of three rookies who has really made an impact. And uh, how much do you and Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams share information on what you're going through and, and how you're trying to get there? Yeah, I think uh, we all kind of look to each other. We're all in a very similar boat where we're uh, kind of all just trying to take it in stride and. You know, roll with the punches when we do kind of have struggles up here. But I think that we, uh, you know, got a good kind of core group that we can kind of stay together for a good little bit and uh, you know work off each other, build off each other, and hopefully be be good for a long time. And you're fortunate in that you reached the major leagues pretty quickly. And and when you talk about innings, and you mentioned how you're still feeling good, you hear development people say, you know, that major league innings are different. Um, have you noticed that? And if so, what, what is the difference in a major league inning as they compile as opposed to minor league innings? I, I would just say you, you don't have as many innings that are stress-free. I think at, at any any point, any any uh, batter in any lineup can kind of put together those good at-bats where it can take a 10-pitch inning and turn to a 30-pitch inning and just kind of that high stress every single, every single inning. I think that uh, that's the biggest difference between the big leagues and, and being in the minor leagues. I think that you have... 
you experience some of that in the minor leagues, but up here I think it's just a lot more frequent, and you know, a five-inning day can, t- can be a lot more tolling than a five-inning start in the minor leagues for sure. So good stuff there from Logan Allen, and as we mentioned, Tanner Bybee also terrific during his rookie season, and we focus in on a game at Wrigley Field on a Saturday, July the 1st. The Guardians and Cubs in a night game at Wrigley. Cleveland coming in three games under 500. The Cubs about the same at 38 and 42. And the matchup was Tanner Bybee against Marcus Stroman, a nine-game winner. The game was scoreless in the third inning when the Guardians got things going with a clutch two-out hit from Ahmed Rosario. Stroman's ready. Here it comes. Swung on, line drive, base hit to center. That'll score two. Naylor scores. Quan scores. It's 2-0 Cleveland on a two-out rip job to center by Ahmed Rosario. Meanwhile, on the mound, Tanner Bybee had everything working. Now the set. Now the pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with a fastball. And so Tanner Bybee with five strikeouts and three shutout innings. Here's the pitch. Called strike three on the outside corner. Perfect pitch on a slider from Tanner Bybee. There's strikeout number seven. On to the sixth. Guardians looking to pad that lead. They had two men aboard looking for another two-out hit. And this time it came from Andre Jimenez. Here's the pitch. Swung on, line shot to right field. He gets down for a base hit. Charging is Morrell. Here's the throw to the plate. And in sliding safely is Ramirez. Into third is Naylor. And it is a 3-0 Cleveland lead. Andre Jimenez comes through with a two-out bullet to right to knock in his 29th run. And the Guardians have scored all three times tonight after there were two men out. And they kept it going with Will Brennan at the plate. Merriweather, he's ready. Here it comes. Runner goes, pitch ripped off the bag at first. Down the right field line. Base hit. That'll score Naylor. And stopping at third is Jimenez. And Will Brennan with a BB literally off the bag at first and carom down the right field line for an RBI single. And Cleveland now leads it by a score of four to nothing. You could stand at home plate and throw the ball up in the air to yourself all day and hit balls toward first and never hit the bag. And then Miles Straw kept the two-out hit parade going. And the pitch, swung on, a shot back up the middle, base hit into center. Jimenez will score. Ball is overrun by Bellinger. That'll allow Brennan to score all the way from first and into third is Miles Straw. And the Guardians now blow it open, leading six to nothing. That'll be an RBI single, a two base error by Cody Bellinger, and Cleveland has blown it open with four runs after two men were out here in the sixth inning. Back on the mound, Tanner Bybee continued to rack up the strikeouts. Now the payoff pitch, swing and a miss, went right back to the heater. Nine strikeouts for Tanner Bybee. That is out number two. And for Tanner Bybee, nine strikeouts equals a major league high. And it looks like Tanner's night is done. Tito out of the first base dugout makes a call to the bullpen. He's got words of encouragement for Tanner Bybee talking to him. Slaps him on the back. 
and he'll get a rousing hand from a bunch of Cleveland fans here at Wrigley as he heads to the first base dugout leading six to nothing here in the sixth. And once Bobby was finished it was more of the same from the bullpen the combination of Sam Hentges Nick Sandlin and Eli Morgan completed the shutout. Morgan again sets fires and Mancini swing and a miss ball game and the Guardians have shut out the Chicago Cubs tonight limiting the Cubs to five hits and Cleveland posts a six nothing win over the Cubs and just like Logan Allen that was one of many dominant starts by fellow rookie Tanner Bybee shortly after that outing right around the halfway mark of the season and uh, the all-star break we had a chance to chat with Tanner and he talked about his confidence and how it had grown in every start in his first major league season yeah I think the difference uh, for me between my debut and now I think I'm a lot more even keel throughout the entire time whether stuff gets thrown at me or something goes wrong I think I'm way more capable of sticking to it and kind of sticking to my stuff and being able to get more outs even when bad stuff goes on. I know when you first came up, we talked about how Logan Allen had come mm -hmm. up at the same time, similar situation. Now Gavin Williams is here. So, so young pitching in a rotation where unfortunately there's been some injuries. And does that impact you in any way? Or, or do you look at things differently when, when you see things like that happening around you? I mean, I think yes and no. I mean, I think definitely me, Gavin, and Logan definitely have to like somewhat step up and kind of take the places of some really good starting pitchers that have been here for a long time and have really succeeded. So I think it's really um, I think it's really good for us, I think, in the long run for us to kind of almost it feels like we have to be like the veteran guys, like they're kind of leaning on us to kind of get us through some games. So it's been it's been good. You ever imagined you'd be in this type of spot when back in spring training in Arizona? No. No, I thought I was going to Akron out of spring training. <laughs> So that's Tanner Bybee along with Logan Allen, two of their best games, and they were joined by Gavin Williams for three rookies having outstanding major league seasons in a starting rotation, and uh, they were counted on big time, and they did not disappoint, and the future looking very bright for that starting rotation with those three rookies, plus Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie coming back from injury, and it looked like Cal Quantrill had hit on some good things too at the tail end of the season so uh, a little bit of depth there in that starting rotation for Cleveland heading into 2024. Well stay with us we'll have some final thoughts when we return after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians radio network. Score. Pass. Out of bounds. Those are sports words. Some people hear any sports word and they can't help but listen. Like drive. Drive is another sports word. And drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. You might say those savings are on par with the best in the league. <laughs> you see, par is also a sports word, so I know you're still listening. And that's called covering our bases. Okay, I'm done now. But I'm serious about drivers saving big with Progressive. Now I'm really done. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as uh, a lot on the table for Cleveland now in the offseason. We are getting closer to hearing who they will name as manager of this ball club, and that is the first order of business for the front office to get that squared away. 
Maybe it comes next week. Maybe it's down the line. We'll see. They're being very thorough with that interview process and uh, bringing in different candidates to try and make sure they make that good selection for the next manager of this franchise. On the roster front, interesting add to the 40-man roster on Friday as Cole Calhoun, Lucas Giolito, and Reynaldo Lopez all declaring free agency, so that's opened up some spots on the 40-man roster. And added to the roster, Jonathan Rodriguez. Rodriguez, an intriguing prospect, kind of flew under the radar a little bit in 2023, which is remarkable to say because he led the minor league system in home runs with 29, runs driven in with 88, OPS at 897, that's on base plus slugging percentage. You get an, an OPS over 800 and uh, you are in business. He did it all at the double A level to start the season and then the final 47 games with Triple A Columbus. And he's now playing in Puerto Rico this offseason. Cleveland looking for power in their lineup. Maybe Jonathan Rodriguez down the road is uh, someone who can add a lot of power to that lineup. He's a former third round pick back in 2017 out of Puerto Rico. So that's the, the roster news for this week. And again, we'll keep an eye on the manager situation. Maybe we'll be able to fill you in on something on next week's show, but stay with us throughout the off season as uh, we bring it to you each and every week here on the Guardians Radio Network. So until next week, thanks as always going out to Brian Matze for all of his help on our show. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.